Hello, I am here to discuss justice. Pretty hot topic these days, especially if you are of color. Although I'm not, but I have had many injustices. And I think that even when the society that we live in is less racial or not racial would be the ultimate goal justice is still a big problem in our society my first injustice was back in 1984 when I tried to prevent a drug deal and picked up the phone to call the police and the undercover policeman told me to put the phone down because I believe they would lose their investigation and their brownie points had I had I called and called the police and tried to get this transaction from happening anyway. So what happened there was several weeks later after these undercover policemen continued to try and get a substance far more greater of a of a um quantity than my then husband it's another whole story of injustices but he wasn't able to acquire that amount so he went anywhere he could to try and get it for these undercover policemen well when everything hit the fan so to speak uh and we had sort of figured out that that's what these people were up to. Uh, instead of one larger quantity, it was of cocaine. Um, he got little bits here and there, and then they could add it all up, so it would be a higher felony or something. So... When that actually happened, my ex-husband hid the cocaine under a bush. And if, in fact, the cop was going to arrest him or he thought there was something suspicious going on, my ex-husband was going to not bring him to the, the drugs. And he would have just said he couldn't have gotten it. But he brought him there anyway, for some reason. So that same time, those undercover police officers didn't come back to the apartment that we were living in, but 11 squad cars and a bunch of police officers ransacked the apartment including 
having a loaded weapon in my baby's crib. And that's when I went ballistic and said, what do you want? What are you looking for? If you're going through my son while he's sleeping in his crib and there's a 44 Magnum not six inches away from my baby, what the hell, you know? So, which brings me kind of to the show Cops and why I'm glad it's no longer on because that show gave me PTSD going through this, having had had this experience. The first time I saw that show, the first time I saw them going into anybody's place, I turned it off and I was like just in a state of shock because it just brought everything back. And... What ended up happening was I told them everything that I knew and then they accused me of saying, well, if you knew what was going on, why didn't you call the police? And I couldn't believe it. So I wasn't arrested that day, but a month later, when the grand jury saw the transcript of what I knew, I was also incarcerated, arrested, accused. At that point, I was just accused, I guess. I was 18 years old. And with a baby that was a product of a rape, and my mother said that I couldn't keep the baby unless I married the rapist. But at the time, she didn't know that that was a product of rape. Anyway, that's another story. So I ended up being convicted and served four years of probation. And it wasn't, there was no way for it to get expunged or anything, supposedly, because it was it started out as a class x felony which is like manslaughter and i went on with my life i mean i left the guy and uh i became an electrician i was a competitive barefoot water skier and i was being what i would call normal and productive and that's 1984 that's you know almost 30, almost 40 years ago now. And uh, I've never had any trouble since. And I guess my point is that that was the first time I realized that our system is definitely in in need of, you know, I mean, it costs a lot of money for me to get defended and still I was convicted. Two years into my probation, my probation officer said that the following month when I went to see him, that he would 
not expunged probably isn't the right term, but get me off of the following two years. I don't know, for good behavior or something. He knew the truth behind everything. And the following month when I went there, he had retired and a new guy just out of college was there and asked me if I'd been doing cocaine lately. And that was the beginning of (laughs) that conversation. And I explained to him the facts. And he said that I would no longer have to see him, but I would have to call it in. Then when I was finally taken off of probation or released from probation, whatever the term is, I noticed that the judge who signed that order was my best friend's father all through grade school. And she got mad at me when we were going into high school because I tried smoking pot without her. That was unforgivable and we were never friends again. And was that why I got arrested for this in the first place? I don't know. Does it have anything to do with it? I don't know. But as time went on, other things So many things have happened in my life that were unjust. As recent as, um, well, the life I'm living now. I mean, I, I was an electrician in Illinois where the weather is not very, you know, I, I wanted to, I quit college. I was going to college when I got raped. So I was 17, um, and dropped out just was working trying to earn enough money for the baby and moved back in with my parents and was there for six years and I finally got remarried to somebody that was from Switzerland and I still wanted my independence so I remained working until I had his baby but I'm kind of getting off the topic of unjust well not really because (laughs) what happened there was his family because I had a child that was a male child they spent over a half a million dollars so I would not receive child support and at this point I had two babies with him so now I had three boys no child support but I did have the house but I had to work which as an electrician that was pretty good but it was really hard work in the elements and I got hit by lightning and Oh, and the union didn't pay for my babies to be born, by the way. The first time in the existence, the 80-year existence of Local 701, which is in Illinois, Warrenville, Illinois, uh, they didn't pay for my children to be born because there had never been a union employee that had been pregnant because it was all males. And I also worked almost 20 years there and never worked with another woman, not once. So I moved, so I was on the job and I 
saw a storm coming in and told the boss that we should get off the slab we were working on and he said do you feel unlucky and I said well yeah I do and of course I got hit by lightning and I was so mad because I kind of foresaw it that I just went to a bar instead of going to the doctor because I wasn't knocked unconscious or anything but it was so painful I'd been hit by electricity often, not often, but I mean enough to know how much that hurts. But this was above and beyond anything I had ever experienced. It was excruciatingly painful. And every muscle on the right-hand side of my body, including my eyeball, was contracted so tight that all those muscles, I can still feel it in my eyeball, and this 20 years ago almost. But... It was sore for over six weeks, and it was horrible. And then six months after that happened, I lost about 70%, between 60 and 70% of my ability to speak. I woke up one morning getting the kids ready for school and said, I wanted to say, go get your shoes, and the words just wouldn't come out. So... Nobody studies lightning strikes, and I was never tested for anything, even though I've been to therapy and everything else, and nobody has done any pictures, and it's been very detrimental. Well, a couple years after that happened, I had a surgery, and then I moved to Washington State, and I met a guy that was a brewer and like I said I always worked and even though it was a long time before I could find a job out here um, seems like there's a little bit of sexism when it comes to manual labor and uh, but I finally did find a job and this partner he became a partner um My mother was sick, and I was going back and forth to Illinois, and I was working, and I had the kids, and he, I believe, purposely saw an inheritance coming, and I believe because of my disability with this lightning, um... It was like taking candy from a baby, and he took me for everything I had, which, if it was just monetary, wouldn't be so bad. But I live in Port Towns in Washington, which is a small community of maybe 9,000 people, and the injustice here is worse than anything I've ever seen. My medical records are constantly tampered with. My house is burgled. My window just a couple weeks ago was shot out. And he accused me of being part of the Chicago Mafia, and these people believe it, and attempting to threaten his life twice 
because I burned three of his brewery awards or something. He promised he would destroy my life after I had founded a brewery we had worked together at getting. And after years, about six years of me doing research development and all the financing to get to that point, he came home one day and had signed a contract with somebody I'd never seen or heard of who didn't know anything about beer or care about it. It was supposed to be craft brewing and he immediately went public with the company or something. But I was out of the picture. So to string me along before that happened, this brewer, he quit claimed his house over to me twice. Once was for business reasons, which was an excise tax. So he did it again for love and affection just to keep me going because I was like, I'm out of this. I'm done. I had money. I wanted to build houses. You know, um, that's what I had done my whole life. So been in the, in the building industry and in the housing industry. And, uh, I really enjoy it. So long story short there, uh, well, it, it's endless. Um, he was Mr. Popularity because he was the brewer and give gives away free beer and he was charismatic and everybody loved him and I was sort of in the quiet, silent partner mode doing all the legwork to the business and he promised he'd destroy my life. Well, and he knows and knew enough people to do that. But he did give me a promissory note for $225,000. So he paid on that for a while and then he quit paying on it. And I went to an attorney that didn't do anything, basically. Didn't even send the promissory note when she filed the complaint to the guy. And what I found out a few years later was that my next door neighbor was friends with this attorney and think there's a connection there. This neighbor of mine was not my friend at all. In fact, she hated me. So I guess, you know, the whole independent woman thing, I don't know what it is, but, um, what makes people, you know, want to oppress people that just work hard for a living and get somewhere because of it. Cause I always believed work hard, play hard and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, do okay. And that's how I raised my boys and they're all doing fine. In fact, two of the three work are Google engineers. So they're doing really well, but they think I'm nuts and, um, it's hard for me very hard for me to express myself in the way that um, it's. It, I don't like having attention drawn to me in the first place, but to have to try and say something bad about somebody else to defend myself is even harder on me because I'm just not cut out that way. I just I'm more of a giver. I I want I like helping people. I 
was a, a scuba diving instructor. I was search and rescue. I, you know, worked hard and enjoy that kind of, and I loved teaching, teaching diving. I love kids teaching a lot of water skiers. Um, I taught all kinds of people to do those things and snow skiing. I always was including and wanted my kids and their friends to be around and kind of the Kool-Aid mom, I guess. And, uh, but everything has been taken away from me, including my house that was paid for. I lost it to back taxes. My, even my physical mail is tampered with. My medical records are tampered with to the point it's like I will go into my my hands are just all worn out um not even just my brain but my hands are worn out <laughs> and um the doctors look at me like oh my gosh this is terrible and then the next time I'll go see the doctor he looks at me like I'm the worst most evil person doesn't even want to get near me won't even show me eye contact just get away from me um because of whatever is said about me out there in the in the world um, of this small town stuff because the other neighbor works for the state health plan which so she let everybody know what a you know or what she wanted them to think about me she even sent an anonymous letter and I know this because her friend alluded to the fact that, that she did this um, a letter stating uh, how I was always just trying to take what I could get from people I was going after a 94 year old woman in a life care center to try and get her money um, lies I mean just outrageous lies about me that everybody in this area thinks are true and you might wonder why I'm still here and I'm here because of the principle of it is I worked so hard to keep this roof over my head and I ended up having to sign it over to my children because I lost it to back taxes and I didn't want it auctioned off for nothing. So now people just shoot out my windows, burgle me. Um, I have camera equipment coming soon. And, but now my kids want me to move out. So <laughs> I got about six months worth of uh, a roof over my head. But I guess they said they'd give me the money for it. But the, the house is in complete disarray. And... Uh, People even uh, drilled holes in my septic field and put something in there. So my septic is not working. I mean, it works minimally. I can shower, but flushing the toilet, I flush it once a day and without toilet paper. And that works, but uh, that's all I, I do. Um, and I have to add water to it for the pressure to get it down. And I need to have this. I need to have soil samples taken and send those in somewhere. But I can't find any help. I mean, even the police, they auctioned a sailboat I had. I had a Lotus. I I did okay. You know, I, I worked hard and I did okay. And 
now nobody pays attention to me and <laughs> thinks I'm a mafia person that tried to kill my ex-partner that took me for everything I had. <laughs> I mean, it's really just ludicrous, but that's, um, that's my story. And I am in the process right now of trying to file a grievance. I've also been, I believe I'm hacked and my kids think I'm nuts. So they don't believe that I'm hacked, but I believe the, the brewer stole my computer twice from me. He knew all my passwords. He knew the, all the questions, the security questions. He knew everything about me. And I mean, I, I, guess I deserve it. I, I thought we were going to get married. I thought we were going to spend the rest of our life together. I trusted him. And uh, he just uh, took me for everything. So that's how that turned out. Um, so now uh, I'm going to file a grievance about the attorney because it took me so long. I, I'm slow. And it took me a long time to realize that it was actually this attorney that broke this attorney-client privilege, uh, confidentiality, that is the reason that, you know, this has all come down to this. And uh, I don't know what to do about it. Lawyers scare the heck out of me. Um, talk about PTSD. Just hire, I mean, hiring a lawyer to me is, is like, I've never seen, I've never... I had a girlfriend that she's a lawyer, but she was a criminal lawyer and she was really good, but her practice was never conducive to what was going on in my life. I didn't know her when it was the drug bust, but, um, with my divorce, which was a four and a half year, over half a million dollars, like I said, um, cause I couldn't be bought. They were trying to buy me off and I refused, um, because I knew that, the threat that my children had for the rest of the family because they'd be heirs to this multi-million dollar money. Um, hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, which never impressed me at all because money doesn't impress me. Um, that's not, to me, money is not at all what makes a person or their character or anything like that I it turned me off actually it was just like I these people were not happy people they were just vicious and um, so that's another story also but uh, this is the basics and um, my dad fought in World War II and I loved my dad very very much and I just feel like this isn't what he fought for, for people to screw each other over and steal. I mean, it's stealing. So I thought I would start this podcast to see if there's anybody else that's... I'm sure, you know, everybody has their own story. And I would like a podcast that is much higher quality and... Uh, not just a vent. And I probably won't air this because it is just a vent. But uh, if there is any help out there, 
I don't know. I wish I was protesting because the racism is just the beginning of the corruption. And I truly believe that capitalism doesn't work. And our Constitution was written for a monarchy. And it will never be a fair playing field. So long as money is and greed are what is supposed to be the most important thing in this country. And I believe that with, and I'm not a man-hater by any means, but I believe there is actually a chemical imbalance in a man with testosterone, or it's a learned behavior. But I think a lot of them just have a chemical imbalance and don't know what to do with it. Like they can't even help that they are just following their dick. And for many, many years up into my 40s, I thought, wow, life would have been so much easier if I had been a man. And then I thought one day I had this epiphany like, I wouldn't want to be a man. I have one head to think with and nothing else takes control over that. My thoughts are clear and simple. Well, compared to fighting a penis, let's say. And I've known many men that have lost so much because they couldn't control their penis. And when money is thrown into that, it's almost like an addiction where the money and the sex become the most important thing. And there's zero compassion for humanity. And these people that I knew through my marriage and my husband who passed away um, have proven this by me having absolutely nothing and when my husband died my brother-in-law's actually my sister-in-law's ex-husband's brother ended up with my husband's life insurance after he promised it to me and again I don't like drawing attention to myself and having ill feelings towards anybody else but when you see $783 million of Google stock three months after your husband dies taken out of the Google stock it kind of makes you go hmm and because he had a $10 million life insurance policy because even as he was being pried and our family was being broken up he couldn't do anything about it he lost his mind he was bipolar anyway and he was the youngest and he lost his mind he had to leave us and I don't blame him because he couldn't have stood up to his family the pressure that was put on him 
But I thought when the kids were grown up and I was telling him how great they were doing, he said, my family's trying to get my life insurance. This is before he got sick, but my family's trying to get my life insurance policy. And there's no way he goes, you beat my family and you earned it. And you defied the odds as being a single poor woman raising children. The children would not amount to anything. And he told me that, you know, I defied the odds and he was really proud of the fact that the kids were doing so well. And that's, I guess, sometimes what really keeps me going because I swore I'd never marry anybody else after I was raped and that whole drug bust thing. But then he really wooed me and uh, he was really in love with me and I really fell in love with him. And uh, he still kind of keeps me going. I mean, I don't have anybody. I don't definitely don't want anybody. But I know this isolation, which I've been in for eight years now. Um, and I kind of think that karma has something to do with this isolation that so many people that I... I are getting a taste of what I've been living that have actually created this for me. Um, somehow karma just works its way. I really have a lot of faith and believe that sometimes whatever's going to happen is going to happen and the cream rises to the top where what's right is right. And I have a lot of faith about that. And I trust my heart and my gut and whatever you want to call it, your soul. I really have a lot of faith that the truth comes out and the goodness will prevail. And I hope it does because the ethics that are involved with the internet and you know, stealing from people is like a common thing. It's it's like hacking people. They make a game out of it. Everything is a game. And I'm really concerned about where the world is going on just the ethical issues. We have all these things that are eluding us from the planet because that should really be our number one priority right now. And I believe that if if we do come together, I mean, this Black Lives Matter is just monumental and it can't fizzle out. It can't go back to the way it was. I would do anything and I guess this is my first step in doing something is just voicing my opinion on our justice system, on the Me Too's. And when it comes to sexism, the march in Washington and that, the thing that gets me is there's so many women all the way back to, I mean, I really believe that the women have been going about it wrong. 
that we need to understand men and there needs to be testing or something for a man's testosterone because I honestly don't believe that any reasonable adult would go and rape somebody. I mean, Bill Cosby, look at Bill Cosby in this. I mean, he did it not for power. He did it just because of his penis. Um, Weinstein, he freaking did it because it was a power thing, but I don't think Bill Cosby ever did admit his faults, but Weinstein did. I can't help it. I'm so, you know, whatever. How stupid. Um, but I believe that there's a lot of men out there like that. In fact, I know somebody that lost his law practice and he's sitting in my living room. I was immediately trying to help him with his law practice. I mean, just calling him a lawyer is a joke because he's just a giant penis that he was whacking off on my couch. He's like, oh, while I'm here, can I just whack up? I did absolutely nothing. I mean, nothing to bring this on to him. He was just, it's crazy. And then, then there's the picnics. I mean, what the heck? It's crazy. Men have to learn how to control this. And I believe that they can't do it alone. I think they actually need some sort of medical help to be more even keeled so that doesn't go running off the charts. And then they would be functioning normal human beings that could be trusted because it just, it happens too often. And because of it, they're the ones that lead. And I think it's more, I I don't know this for, I don't know any of this for a fact. These are just all my opinions, but what the heck? I mean, they're white men. They're intimidated by women that are stronger, more courageous or whatever. Um, any people of color they're intimidated by is it because they're so weak I don't know I mean what sort of evolution is lacking in them and that's what I think it is I think it's lack of evolution I think that they are actually the weakest and have no control So they have to go straight to anger because, you know, frustration turns to anger and violence. And that's exactly what they do. And I am very proud of my children that are grown gentlemen now. I mean, they are really good human beings. And... They've gone out of their way to help people and they don't, they don't have a lot to do with me because they think I'm just a big whiner, but they honestly don't know me or know where I've come from. I mean, my one son the other day is like, oh, you just married a 
drug dealer. Oh, you just you just were married to a rich guy, his dad, which he never knew. I mean, he never really knew his dad much. And uh, even though he went to Thailand to release his body, and that's another story in itself. And anyway, um, I don't know if I should do this or not, but... I probably won't. I need to do something, though. I need to do something. Anyway, that's all for now.